Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the Nintendibs podcast, the podcast where we talk about Nintendo games, both new and old. I am your host, Connor, and here I am joined by my always other perpetual host, Brayden. Hello. Hello. How are you, Brayden? Man, I am doing good. I am really glad to be back recording after our little summer break that we took, you know, which is basically just scheduling conflicts. More but, or less. Uh, and know. little break is a is a bit of a misnomer too, but um, yeah, it was it was relaxing Absolutely. not to have to worry about talking about video games, but simply get to play them. You know, really, it, it was different. <laughs> it was different not to be taking notes along the way. Right. But uh, yeah, it really was nice. And like I said, I'm just stoked to be back here with you, Aww. our cramped little closet. We love it. What have you been playing this summer, Braden? I feel like I've been playing a lot. A couple big titles are, you know, like Mario Golf and what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Skyward Sword came out. Just it's been a busy summer, Nintendo wise, for sure. And so sorry we we were on we were slacking a little bit. E three came and went too, and there's a lot to Gosh. look forward to on the horizon as well. Mm-hmm. We'll have a lot to talk about in the coming months. No yeah, doubt. that was a weird direct that we got there. The 2021, you know, E three direct. Lots and lots of interesting new titles, but none that quite like. Shook the gaming sphere, I feel like. You know what I mean? You there was no so? Metroid Prime 4. But Metroid uh, Dread. Metroid Dread was... Skipping 4 straight to 5. Yeah. yeah. As it were. But they announced so many games in the, next, mm. in the coming months, like soon. We got WarioWare. We got Metroid. We got Shin Megami Tensei. I mean, Breath of the Wild 2. Like, kind of, sort of. Eventually is where my head's at on that one. I mean, yeah. It's but... it's going to be delayed, right? Yeah. going to be. Anyway, what have you been up to? You had oh, been okay since we... I've been playing some stuff, including what we're about to talk about today. I'm about to start Skyward Sword myself. A lot of Smash, a lot of Kazuya, which we didn't necessarily get to do like an overview of, but screw that guy. <laughs> uh, mostly is, is mostly what I have to say about that. But yeah, not a ton of diversity there. Mostly just Smash and what Wonderful games? 101. Oh, yeah. That means something. You haven't like been able to like play a game and like get through a game. I feel like in a while. Yeah, it has You've kind of like, been dosing out games. Yeah, it has been mostly just Smash up until now. I feel like that or Nintendo stuff. And truly, yeah, like diving into Wonderful One Hundred One has been like a very refreshing experience. I mean, it, it is. It's already kind of a comfort game. It's something I've played before, but we will get into that. But yes, yeah. it has been very pleasant. Good. But what is the meat of what you have been playing recently? Yeah, man. When did they announce this? Was it even the the direct that we got, like, the Pyra and Mithra reveal on? It's been a while. Sure. And it it was also, it was one of Nintendo's big directs where they announced a bunch of different games. Hmm. And I just recall kind of just a flash of a trailer. But ever since then, I was pretty interested because they also announced it pretty closely to Monster Hunter Rise. That's true. Yeah, I do remember that. Which is, you know, in the same franchise as Monster Hunter Stories 2, which is the game that we're going to be discussing today. I I think I've managed to not say the title yet. (laughs) Monster Hunter Stories 2, colon. The Wings of Ruin, which shouldn't mean much to you. It didn't mean much to me. When when it gets to the storyline, it it makes some sense. Yeah, I I've been playing that. I actually did finish it, and I have a lot to say about it. I was pleasantly surprised with what they managed to put together. Now we've talked about Monster Hunter on the show recently, and it's not the same kind of Monster Hunter game, correct? That is absolutely correct, and is like 
almost the entire point of the game is it's Monster Hunter's spinoff. That's important to note. It's kind of Monster Hunter's first major spinoff, as it were. Monster Hunter, not to steal your explanation, but Mm -hmm. like Monster Hunter largely being a real-time action RPG with an emphasis on the action components. Yes. This is the first time that it has ever gone turn-based. This is a turn-based Monster Hunter game. Absolutely. And I and I truly do want to say that like it, it's the first Monster Hunter game with like non-traditional Monster Hunter gameplay. Yes. Like like any, any of any like any sort of spin-off truly of the Monster Hunter game. I think mm-hmm. maybe there was like a Palico game like maybe for mobile or something. Maybe that sounds um, But this is the first like major published like departure from the traditional monster hunter formula which is right. a pretty big deal yeah and it, it is worth reiterating this is monster hunter stories 2 mm. it is a sequel the the first game was for the 3ds um and so that i think technically was probably the first you know spinoff right um and it, it was also a rpg a turn-based rpg right turn-based rpg that's like the yes. monster hunter stories moniker is kind of like a yes it does model the Pokemon gameplay formula like very like, closely. Is it like the Pokemon like ethos of like capturing monsters yes. and such? Yes. Uh, really, the whole point is to tame these monsters. I'm going to be making the distinction between monsters and monsties. Okay. When you once you tame a monster, it becomes a monstie, which means it's your friend. It's cute now. It's okay. <laughs> part of your stable of monsters. Cute. Um, yes, it, which is part of the cheesiness that we'll get into a little bit. Mm. But uh, it's it's very much a monster training, monster raising game, mm. and which is really cool. Monster Hunter has a fantastic stable of monsters. Yeah, you know the catalog it's is huge. Uh, growing. I was surprised when I saw the number. I'm fairly confident. There aren't any more than like 150 monsters in the Monster Hunter realm. That sounds about right. I remember when we were talking about Monster Hunter Rise recently, a few mm-hmm. episodes ago, like the Pokemon comparison was already pretty apt, mm-hmm. just in the way that it's like um like Monster Hunter as a series is kind of like additive and iterative. Like it kind yeah. of like has the same roster of monsters, but like a few more. It's mm-hmm. kind of like different it's almost like different versions. Right. And like right. some games like take away and add new mechanics, sort of like the Pokemon sure. games do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it does. Does Monster Hunter Stories two kind of have like a composite roster of all the monsters so far? It, it seems does like. actually. Interesting. Uh, I am far from a Monster Hunter expert. I hopped on with like Monster Hunter Four mm-hmm. Ultimate, you know, somewhere around there, and so like I I have not seen all the monsters that are out there, but I do feel like I'm starting to familiarize have, yourself. Yeah, have a more complete picture of all of them. I think there were about 130 to 40 monsters there is a monstipedia and so you can see the blank spaces ahead of time like how many monsters you know Mm. you haven't unlocked essentially so it it seems like the full roster of monster hunter monsters Hmm. a monsty dex if you will yes which i have to give them credit they did really well the monster like raising aspect isn't very complex or deep you really you kind of walk into like these monster dens you take an egg you take it back to the ranch and like it instantly hatches and you can usually tell by the eggs pattern what monster it's going to be and so like that part isn't very in-depth but the the combat is actually quite different from pokemon's which i was surprised about how how does it play like what a the core gameplay, I mean, I assume there's some sort of overworld and then mm-hmm. and some sort of like structure to that. But then also the combat, like the turn based combat itself, I guess, whichever you want to start with. Right. Like, does it 
does any of it have any sort of crossover or like incorporation of like traditional monster hunter elements as it were how it's, can how do how do you how can you begin to explain that yeah i'll i'll try my best to start from the beginning and just from the base level and we'll build up uh it is an open world rpg with battles that you will get into and then they're turn-based you know time kind of freezes and and etc etc classic turn-based random encounters or no it feels a lot like pokemon sword and shield in that it is a 3d world you are from a third person view you have your 3d modeled character everybody's gorgeous by the way the colors are gorgeous the, the models are gorgeous uh it's really nice you start in a village and you go out into the open world and there are the monsters roaming wild. Mm-hmm. Like you see the monsters out in the field out. Uh, and then you run into them to get into a battle. But it's really cool because that means you can avoid them if you want to. It's not random. You know mm-hmm. what monsters you're up against. Um, and you can strategize appropriately. So it is kind of like like the world design it's i mean if you it, there's like a hub village i assume and mm-hmm. then you go out into the world and then the monsters being just kind of there like it sounds pretty textbook monster hunter so far like you can engage them if you want or not it but uh, rather than like run up and smack them you engage in a battle with them yeah and when you put it like that it is but it it definitely they do a great job of bringing the world to life because there's lots of monsters on the field at once. Like right. there is a Rathian next to a Legombi next to, well, no, that was awful. <laughs> that was bad to wow, say. Wow, I am so your, sorry. Your, your familiarization I'm, is I not quite there yet. there because that is two totally different biomes. Your internal um, Monstipedia needs some work. But uh, like all the monsters are there sure. together and they are randomized. You know, you won't see the same monsters in the same locations each time. And so it it feels like a big open world and something that like Pokemon Sword and Shield kind of attempted with the wild areas, Mm. but it didn't, those never quite rang true for me. Sure. I don't know. They they felt very artificial and static and, and Monster Hunter did a great job of making the world feel dynamic while you're moving through it. The the core gameplay loop kind of is you're moving from village to village, okay. uh, doing favors, usually slaying a couple monsters that are causing trouble for that particular village, mm-hmm. and then they entrust you with the secret to move you to the next village. Sure. It's it's the story is not deep or um, necessarily even engaging, but That's... the characters are all fun and interesting. Huh. That sounds Dragon Quest esque to me. I'm pretty sure like most Dragon Quest games are kind of like collect the eight crystals from the eight kingdoms mm-hmm. and defeat the big bad evil. But it's more about like like all the characters are like super fun and, and uh-huh. engaging and interesting, and like the party is what makes right right like, the the story interesting. But uh-huh. I will say that that's interesting to hear from a game called Monster Hunter Stories mm-hmm. that the plot itself is not like. But again, I guess again. For Monster Hunter games, traditionally, the plot isn't necessarily the most... Uh, inspiring? Yeah, inspiring, drawing, engaging yeah. aspect of the game. So I guess that is maybe to be expected. I will give it credit. Like, it's not about a MacGuffin. It's not okay. go collect the five scrolls or anything like that. Okay, but is it about every 100 years, the ancient 
elder dragon attacks the village <laughs> and the 100 year mark is coming and we must prepare the village is in danger there have been signs of the dragon yeah. appearing and there's a there's a malice a rage an infection of some sort there. going across the monsters you know and it's it's that's something we talked about at monster hunter rise too yes yes literally the just... same thing is tell me tell me what no actually i huh. think it's it's the monster infection it's a... <laughs> Well, so let's get into the Wings of Ruin. Oh, boy. You are a default character. Um, <laughs> so in, far, so good. In, I am engaged. Yes. Insert your character here. Tell me about this there's template. A, there's a decent character creator, and blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and your grandpa was a great monster trainer. Absolutely. Monster rider. I'm Monst- sorry. They're riders. Monster rider. Monst- yeah. Yeah, I guess Is so. It, uh, okay. Monsty rider. Sure. And... The Rathalos. There's mm-hmm. always been like one great Rathalos that has protected this village, and your grandfather was best friends with it, and it perished like protecting him in the village, etc. Mm-hmm. Now you are a young man or a woman and coming of age, and you a meet young this little cardboard cutout. Yes, precisely. <laughs> you meet this uh Wyverian girl. Wyverians are like a race apparently that have frequented the Monster Hunter series uh, they're very they're humanoid they're like you may not notice the difference duly noted yeah. go on i guess maybe and she, regardless she has this rathalos egg it's not hers she's not like part wyvern or something right N- no okay no wyvern doesn't mean like wyvern human i don't think so crossbreeding i don't know i have this isn't this is new to me i think yeah. but uh continue she gives you this egg and says this is the spawn of the great Rathalos that your grandfather befriended, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to raise it and hatch it. When it does finally hatch, they realize that it is... Infected, maliced, corrupted. It is. It is. Malfested. The ruin bringer. It is ah, the... no. Yes, Once it, every thousand years uh-huh. it comes. It's it, it was born with, like, deformed wings, but when ruined it gets, wings, like... Intact. Yes. When it becomes enraged or uh, Alfested, there's, there's ah, crap, <laughs> crap, crap. Yeah, there's there's a. There's I a mean, force. There's I, an I'm sorry. I will. I, you you finish, and then and then I will make. <laughs> no, fun of but it. you're right. There's there is a force that is driving monster is enraging monsters. Evil dust. It's these giant pits in the ground with like light glowing out of them. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's different than like a an infection or yeah. a gas or like a vague evil something yeah um, but but yeah the rathalos on. becomes enraged in infected crap um <laughs> <laughs> by whatever this is and like these fiery like dark fire wings form Ooh. on it and so like they are the through line for a whole legend that has taken that goes back throughout the ages in the game. You know sure. what I mean? It is the the pivotal moment when finally these wings erupt and like, are you going to be the writer to tame this Rathalos or not? Like, and and like wings of ruin on a Rathalos is this like another pair of wings? Because like, no, wyverns is... by nature, they're like their wings are their arms, you know, or right. whatever. No, it was just it was born with like Nemo fins. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, sure. and, but. But finally, like, it realizes its own power, but it's, will it bring ruin to the world, or will its rider be able to tame it? Heard. Cool. And you are the the maybe? You are the maybe. You find out along the way. 
Well, okay. So then, what's your what is the quest that you set out on exactly? It's actually find... pretty darn stupid. You cool. you want to find out whether the Rathalos contains the power of the Wings of Ruin so that you can stop it if you need to. Basically, like you keep, you go from like village to village trying to find someone who can unlock its power to find out if it is the Rathalos of legend. Okay. And these people just kind of like poke and prod it with a stick, try to make it like Hulk out. You and you get like different. If like... it doesn't, like <laughs> shit, we gotta take right. care of this well, real quick. That it that genuinely happens in one village. Like each villain village kind of has a different reaction. They're like, no, like we're not gonna help you. Like, mm, and that's then, cool. And, that's well, but then you go do the quests, and they're like, okay, we trust you. We saw the ah. bond between you and Rathalos. Gotcha. And then you get to like the third or fourth village. You help them, and they're like, okay, we'll help you. Uh, Rathalos goes ape shit, blows up their village, and like, uh, it's like, what did you expect? I <laughs> interesting. I mean, and okay. the story goes on. There's, well, I'm, I'm I'm starting to get I I I mean like just from your explanation like a feel of like I think of like the Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that game? Sure. Or like I don't know. Imagine if Pikachu, something that's already mm-hmm. beloved, yes, was like had some kind of was like cursed or something uh-huh. and had something that could like be unleashed and it was like if you weren't too careful it could yeah. like come out. Or like I don't know, it's just like something like your average like corruption sort of. Yeah. Thing. The the only problem is is just it it feels very melodramatic. Sure. They, none of the the dramatic beats feel very earned. Like I don't know, uh-huh. and and the problem is like it does just kind of feel like a kid's storyline. Like the gameplay is engaging for me as an adult and stuff, and like I sure. love a monster collector. Right. I've always said it and always will, but like the story doesn't feel like it was designed for me necessarily. Well, that's interesting. And I think it's at this point necessary to point out, we'll get to the, the gameplay in a second mm-hmm. for sure. But um, the aesthetic, the general visual vibe is mm-hmm. also significantly different from traditional monster oh, yeah. games. Monster traditional, as it were, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, monster hunter games are like, I feel like last, I feel like for monster hunter rise, we emphasized that they were like, fairly anime-esque but like Mm -hmm. they're they're also pretty realistic like the humans are realistically like proportioned obviously there are like anthropomorphic like cats running around and Mm -hmm. stuff right like they are giant like dragons and dinosaurs and monkeys and beetles and stuff like yeah running like roaming around um but like for all intents and purposes like these are monsters that like look realistic Mm -hmm. and like generally look like they could be plopped into like a real world and like yeah. be plausible like they look like they're out of jurassic park for sure, the most part sure that's like, a good plausible monster designs for the most part mm-hmm. um but for monster hunter stories it the stories i feel like kind of also comes across as like a storybook yeah. aesthetic right you are really getting close to the the heart of this thing here yes i will i will say wings of ruin looks a little more mature and a little more grounded than mm-hmm. like I remember the first one. The first mm-hmm. one I remember and it's been a while since I looked at it since it was like announced basically. Yeah. It like looked a little kiddier and I think the the graphical fidelity of the 3DS lended it more that way mm-hmm. that it like looks a little more like pop-up book y and yeah, a little brighter. For sure. Like that three they I'm sure they leaned into that 3D. Yeah. Oh yeah, especially feature. with the 3D effect for sure. Um and but from what I see of Marsh Hunter Stories 2 and like like the Wings of Ruin kind of storyline, it seems like it, it might be like 
marginally more mature than mm-hmm. the first Monster Hunter stories. But generally, across the board, the visual aesthetic is a lot more light, a lot more cartoony yeah. than traditional Monster Hunter. So, like, I guess to that end, all I mean to say is, like, the story not being, like, super mature or adult-oriented is not, like, necessarily surprising. Mm-hmm. Though, to be fair, like... All the plot and story and theme elements of Monster Hunter are always like like surprisingly cartoony and yeah. like lighthearted anyway. Dull, almost. Dull, yes. <laughs> but yeah. So whatever I mean, whatever you have to say about that, like yeah, the, the, or or like even why there might be a different aesthetic to the stories mm-hmm. spinoff series. Yeah, I mean, I think in most circles of gaming. People consider Monster Hunter a slightly hardcore series. You oh, know what I mean? For sure. It is not Absolutely. for um, most casual gamers. You know what I mean? Your mom or you know is not going to like this game necessarily. <laughs> uh, well, regular Monster Hunter, right? Um, and so I do think this game is like reaching out to a different demographic. You know, entirely like just it 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 feels more casual from the get go. Uh, the one of the main characters is you mentioned anthropomorphic cats, but like I don't know how to explain it because he is also an anthropomorphic cat, but he looks cartoony. I guess are the are the felines in this game? Yeah. So, so okay. yeah, there and, are, and the felines are in this game, the palicos, mm-hmm. but then he looks entirely different. Okay. His name is Naviru or Navaru or something. He's this yellow cat. He talks like this. Oh, He's God, really obnoxious. Yeah, there's voice acting. We'll get to it. Anyway. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, except Naviru is really obnoxious. Okay. And apparently he was from the first game. Um, okay. And it's just weird that there's like this entirely differently designed palico like i think he does claim to be a feline uh-huh i don't know it's pretty strange it does feel like oh, it's for kids sure. it, right he feels like a saturday morning cartoon character mm-hmm. and so like that really implied to me like this isn't like necessarily for the standard monster hunter player or at mm-hmm. least they are reaching out to a new audience as well sure interesting i i see this as like the kids of the monster hunter players Right. Being like, that monster's cool. And then like, here, play Monster Hunter stories. You'll like this. Yeah. Like uh, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter being like a hardcore gamer experience mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, the grownups. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, and we can, this can transition to, into the gameplay. Like what makes playing it simpler or easier to, to understand? Like, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting because Pokemon has become such a complex beast Mm -hmm. like as far as like hardcore pokemon yeah like it's pokemon and smash bros there are games that are like exist as like great equalizers like there's like casual they're open to casual players and meant for casual players but there's always like a hardcore scene to it you know yeah of course um so like what makes monster hunter stories appeal to a broader audience Mm -hmm. because turn-based rpgs can be somewhat like exclusive i guess just in terms of Mm -hmm. in terms of outreach or beyond that is it simpler and easier to understand than other turn-based RPGs. You know, for some reason, yes. Possibly because, so I, I both admire the system, but think it may water down kind of the turn-based RPG game that it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but it leans into a rock-paper-scissors style power mm. triangle where all of your attacks either fall under power, speed, or technical abilities. And so it gets pretty fun especially being a somewhat veteran to the Monster Hunter series, 
knowing these monsters. And so, like, I can kind of predict what kind of attack they might go with. And these three types, are these types of attacks or types of monsters? They are types of attacks, and each monster is capable of performing all three. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to kind of accurately guess what your opponent is going to go for. Generally, like the, the monsters follow pretty specific patterns. But if you are familiar with like like a great jaggy, like that is that's a pretty standard like base level monster that you run into pretty early in every single game, including this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like a big raptor type monster for those unfamiliar. Right. And so if you're familiar with the series, you know they're pretty quick, and you you kind of guess like okay, it's probably gonna its default type attack is probably speed, so I'm gonna beat it with a technical attack. And that is the triangle. Power beats technical, technical beats speed, speed beats power. Okay. And so um, based on that that knowledge, you know, I, I would pick technical. I would deal a little more damage. He would deal a little less damage. Maybe the next round, the Great Jaggy gets enraged, gets angry, which happens in the main games as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they they start performing different attacks. Mm-hmm. And so then it's probably going to go technical. It's going to do something funky, you know, it's going to, and so I go with power and, and beat it again, you know, in this kind of matchup type thing that it does each turn. And is that, is this, does it feel like a strategic dynamic where you're predicting these moves or does it feel like simple and predictable? Like it's predictable, like AI. Once you learn the monster's patterns, it can become fairly predictable. Okay, but um, but it's learning the monster. It's learning the monsters' patterns. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like so the, like Monster Hunter. It's true. Huh. And so let me tell you, they incorporate a lot of other Monster Hunter elements really well into like this turn-based RPG system. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, there's herbs and potions. Um, you can combine them to make like mega potions and things like that. The whetstone is there. You'll oh, interesting. It's, it'll allow you to deal critical hits more frequently for like three turns. Like, mm-hmm. it's super RPGifies. So many of these items. Are the elements still at play? Elements are still at play. They don't impact the gameplay quite as much as like the rock, paper, scissors triangle does. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they'll deal more damage if water is attacking a fire monster. Right. And is your character... So you said whetstones. And your character is using like a weapon? Mm-hmm. One of the normal weapons from the games? Like... Yes. Uh, they the vast are... vast array? It is a vast array of weapons that you forge using the parts from monsters that you defeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. True to Monster Hunter tradition. The, the, the battle system is interesting in that you are mostly only controlling your own character. Uh, you don't necessarily control the attacks of your partner monster, but you do have a party of six monsters that you can rotate out pretty easily. Like you can change your monster once per turn. And so like if your opponent monster becomes enraged and you need to change from a power leaning monster to a speed leaning monster, mm-hmm. you know, you, you swap them out and then, you know, you have the upper hand again, but you are kind of trusting that the monster is going to attack the way you want it to. Because like I said, you you only are choosing your own attack. Sure. Interesting. Another power dynamic at play is whether you are using a sharp object, a blunt object, or a piercing object, which are like bows. Mm-hmm. Um, for sharp objects, there are sword and shield and great swords. For blunts, there are hammers and hunting horns. 
And then for piercing, there are bows and arrows and gun lances. Uh, no regular lance? No regular lance. Weird. Yeah. Huh. And no bow gun. No just bow gun. Bow? Just bow and then gun lance. I feel like those are both kind of like big staples. Yeah. Some of the weapons look a little bit like they would lean into kind of other categories, but sure. functionally they fall into like those kind of six categories, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, each monster also has weaknesses depending on what weapon you're using. Mm-hmm. It's all, it all just feels incredibly true to the Monster Hunter experience that like I've played elsewhere, but now is RPG form. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, I mean, you could say simplified, but also like streamlined and kind of distilled. Yeah. Sort of too. Yes. Because to fit at, into a turn-based format. Yes. After every battle, you get like materials from the monsters hmm. and you go back to town and you make your armor and your weapons and then you're better and stronger hmm. and rinse and repeat. You know, it's it's the Monster Hunter gameplay loop, but in a monster collecting sort of way. And are there like... So the Monster Hunter games have, like, the Elder Dragons. Are there, like, legendaries, quote-unquote? Are there, like, one-of-a-kind ones that you have to, like, be careful not to accidentally slay? Yeah. Um, How does capturing work, I guess, in that I, regard? I was... Yes, I've been looking forward to explaining this one <laughs> as well. It's It's very interesting. So, yes, there are the, quote-unquote, legendary monsters, you know. Um, the Elder Dragons, those are mostly, like, post-game and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But early on in the game, like, you'll be walking around, and you'll see this, like, this is in one of the first areas, but you'll see a Tigrex sleeping. And if you get close to it, Naviru, your annoying cat partner, goes, that's a royal monster. No wonder my whiskers are tingling. You should be careful before you fight that one. And so, like, if you go fight it, you're going to get your ass whipped. I went back several chapters later you know and managed to capture it It, it's interesting you know they they do tease you with more powerful monsters is that the only tigrex no okay uh and interesting later on in the game like tigrex were just wandering in the wild so it made that royal tigrex feel a little arbitrary whatever not a major complaint Mm. but the capturing system is interesting in that like that's the wrong word for it you're essentially stealing eggs from monsters' nests. Oh, right, you did say that. hatching the eggs. That's interesting. Yeah, so uh, you are infiltrating these monster dens. They are randomly generated Mm -hmm. across the the world map. Mm -hmm. Um, They are, they appear as like rock piles, but when you go in, it's then like kind of a sub-dungeon of sorts, uh, semi-randomized. You'll see repeat areas, but you don't know what you're going to get going in. And so you you navigate it. It's usually pretty quick, just a couple minutes long. Maybe some wild monsters, maybe not. And then you get to the end. It's a big circular area with a nest in the middle. More times than not, you'll have to fight a monster. But once you do, you get to pick an egg. That is also randomized. It's like an item pile in like a Monster Hunter game. You know what I mean? You just kind of press A and something pops out. Uh All the eggs for different monsters are uniquely patterned, but like, so you'll pick one egg up and if you don't like it, you can pick another one, but that first one's gone Mm -hmm. and there are an unknown amount of eggs in this nest. So basically it's kind of just randomizing the monster's stats while you're choosing an egg. The eggs do change too. So like, so the den isn't unique. It's not like you're infiltrating like 
a Rathalos den and there's going to be Rathalos eggs in the den. Uh, that is correct. Unless in a battle with a monster, you make it retreat, which is a very specific kind of status you can create. Mm-hmm. Um, then a monster den will appear after that battle with just that monster's eggs in it. Interesting. Okay. So you can just kind of wander the overworld and walk into random monster dens and steal their eggs, go back and hatch them and just see what you get. Or if in battle, basically the best way to do it is hit them with a paintball that induces ah, retreat. Classic. Yep. Classic. It incorpor- well, paintball dung or a dung bomb. No paintball. paintball? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. Um, but you know, incorporation of, of familiar items. Sure. Uh, and and that will for the next three turns, if you defeat it in the next three turns, that will induce retreat, and then you can enter a a Rathalos nest. In that, you know, give an example. Mm. But I don't know. I'm just I'm fairly fascinated with the creative minds behind it because I do think they managed to uh, transfer a lot of really good Monster Hunter elements to this RPG format that it still felt like it rang true. Mm. And while a totally different genre, it felt kind of right. Like, you know what I mean? Being able to just like blitz through these monsters rather than only be able to fight 30 or 40 at a time per game, kind of. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I saw like every single monster I'm familiar with plus more. There was no Xenogre theme when I did finally encounter a Xenogre. I'm sorry. Yucky. uh, Do monsters have their own themes? No. Ooh, but that's a good one. Every single monstie has its own signature attack with like a 30 second cutscene attached. <laughs> and it's so freaking cool. That is genuinely one of the highlights of finding a new monster is to see what it's like special attack is. Mm. It, it calls it the kinship attack. Like you, you build up a partnership throughout battles. Then you can unleash this special attack right. called the kinship skill. And each monster has its own. It's it's super cool. I've uploaded a couple to the Instagram, so you know what I mean. Go uh, go, go check out the Rathalos, I believe, and the Nargacuga. I I believe are the, those are the two that I've uploaded. Like even like the Aptonoth? Is that the herbivore? Yeah. There are a handful of monsters that you can't actually tame. There, the Aptonoth is one that you can tame. Oh, um, great. I don't know what its signature attack signature attack is, but some of them you can. Gotta catch them all, huh? I know. Including some of like the smaller monsters, like the Jaggy, you can't. But the Great Jaggy, you can. Right. Overall, like I, I wanted to finish this game, which was a good feeling. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I wanted. I looked forward to continuing to playing this game, and like I really did get caught up in the grind of trying to find new monsters and like stronger monsters. I'm confident I took longer in each area than I was supposed to. You know what I mean? Before moving on to the next one. I'm just that kind of like I'm not a game completionist, but like I lo- I just You kind of are. I, I love mean, like, monster collecting games yeah. and I want every monster in each area before I move on. <laughs> like something about <laughs> it like gets me going. But yeah, it was just really engaging. The story was cute at times and cheesy at others. Sure. I'd say the biggest downside was like frame rate at certain times oh you did mention that early on i remember or for like the demo i think yeah i there there is a demo for this game by the way you know what i mean if if you just feel like trying it and it's a pretty healthy demo too it gives you a great sneak peek at what the game has to offer but yeah even from back then i was hoping they'd fix it just 
in like low budget areas in the village when like people are on static, you know, <laughs> movement tracks and things like that. Like the frame rate just like drops. And I'm not usually one to even complain about that. Like I don't usually notice mm. frame rate stuff, but yeah, I don't know. A couple random times it it, it dropped and I, I did happen to notice. But Does it generally look good? It, like it's kind of like, is it cell shaded? Would you say that? Because it's never with like the cartoony pastel style. Right. I don't think I could technically call it cell shaded though. Mm. I, I think it's just bright anime, you know what I mean? And, and sure. like true 3D models. Mm. How is the rest of that voice acting? The voice acting was fine. It, it's fine. I'm no connoisseur of like voice acting. I, I don't watch nearly enough anime to be able to like, <laughs> you know, judge quality. But, sure. But I can tell you, Naviru is annoying and your character doesn't speak. Interesting. Because, I mean, I remember that, I mean, that was a topic of discussion in riots. What just was all, all of the voice acting mm-hmm. was bad. But also, but like they added voice acting for the, the player character. Yeah. For whatever reason. But you have a silent protagonist, like true mm-hmm. blue silent in stories. Oh, oh yeah. Terrific. Oh, yeah. Sold. And they don't there. they don't call you anything but buddy. So <laughs> you are truly an avatar. Wonderful. Yes. I feel like I spewed there for a little bit, but I and I don't know if I actually even convinced anybody to like pick up this game, but <laughs> but if you are looking for an easygoing RPG, I think that's probably one of the main things though is like I only died a couple times and mm. then I restarted like from two minutes behind, so it didn't even feel like dying. Um, okay. It's just not a very difficult game. Mm. at least until post game the elder dragons get a little stat heavy and you got to start doing some math and like start stacking your skills and crap but uh you know until until you beat the game it's it's not uber challenging whether that puts you off or not take it into consideration but Mm. otherwise really if you're a monster hunter fan if you are looking for even an entry into the monster hunter series like this sure yeah if you want to familiarize yourself with like the world or like how the games work generally, I guess. Mm-hmm. A lot of the items and concepts and monsters, of course. And let alone if you're like a, at least a casual enjoyer of like Pokemon or like mm-hmm. Yokai Watch, I want to like keep saying. Yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily like the combat ends up being more like Yokai Watch, but I'd say like the whole, the vibe as a whole kind of. Definitely. You know. Like for some reason that has popped into my head more than once, just mm-hmm. like while wow, we've been here discussing it. Yeah. But anyway, we'll Anything get off else? it. Nothing else to say about it? It's interesting. I don't think it's going to go down in the history books as anything great, but like as a fun little summer break game, it, sure. it definitely like hit a good spot. You know what I mean? It, it was a lighthearted, fun game to play. Especially for like portable mode. Like I feel mm-hmm. like it seems like an ideal like portable oh, yeah. Monster Hunter experience. Mm-hmm. Do you see a three coming? I feel like it was kind of surprising that the, that the first Monster Hunter story has got a direct sequel, like yeah. a numbered sequel at all, being like a spinoff in itself. But yeah. do you see like a trilogy happening or like a, where do you see anything else? So the stories I'm pretty sure are not nearly connected enough to like, you know, be considered a trilogy, but like in regards of just a one, two and three, I, mm. I think it's pretty likely actually. I think it did pretty well sales wise, you know, at least better maybe than they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um and just it felt like a solid game you know what i mean i think there's enough to build off of as well to to make an even better third game this mm. this combat triangle the paper rock scissors thing that we talked about it's it's a lot of fun and i i 
think there's even room for improvement. You know what I mean? So sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> Shall we cool. get into a little bit about what you've been playing? What I've been playing. I've been playing high key. One of my favorite games. Yeah, truly. I, I mean, have you heard me refer to it like that before? I don't know if I've ever heard like the word favorite before, but mm. I mean, I know that you do love this game. I do. I do. It's I'm I'm like unironically going to say wonderful a lot. That, that, that like <laughs> just like is a just good, feels appropriate. I mean, like, yeah, whatever. Sure. Yes. But like, I don't know. It's just a good descriptor. I don't know. Uh-huh. I call thing. I think this is a wonderful thing. Uh, but the wonderful one one was a wonderful game. Uh huh. Um, and I've been playing the remastered version for the Switch recently. Um, I've not finished this playthrough yet, but I've played it before. It was originally released on the Wii U mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, the Wonderful One Hundred One is an action game originally published by Nintendo. Like the Wonderful One Hundred One property was like owned by Nintendo. Like it was like mm-hmm. a first party thing, but it was developed by Platinum Games. You, we've covered Astral Chain on yeah. the show a couple of years ago now. Yeah, gosh. Um, same developer, same kind of action game. Mm-hmm. I remember name dropping Wonderful 101 back in that discussion as well. But this is, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like the platinumiest of platinum games. I feel like, like they're like mm-hmm. a lot of things are like literally named after platinum. Oh, like, interesting. Within really? the game, like it in a lot of ways, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bayonetta, Nier Automata, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, Astral Chain, Beautiful Joe. If you play any of these games, you kind of know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, similar kind of thing. Again, it was originally released on the Wii U exclusively. So if you haven't played it or maybe haven't heard of it before now, that is why. But it has grown like quite beyond Nintendo at this point, hasn't it? It has. It, so Hideki Kamiya is the director for the game. He directed Beautiful Joe back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's kind of Platinum's big ideas guy. Mm-hmm. And this is this is kind of like his like ideal game. Like it's kind of like his his passion project in a lot of ways. And obviously being exclusive to the Wii U, it didn't get a lot of coverage. Right. It, yeah. Like seven people the, of the seven people that have it that like owned a Wii U <laughs> in the universe, like uh-huh. maybe like Four or five of them played it. Yeah, played this game. Um, we're but, interested in what Platinum had to offer. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but we were loud and proud and annoying enough to like cause a lot of buzz, and mm-hmm. it had like there were wonderful 101 trophies in Super Smash Bros for the Wii U, mm-hmm. um, and even now in Super Smash Bros Ultimate, there are a few wonderful 101 spirits. Mm-hmm. And I even remember like before the game was released for the Wii U, like it had like an E3 showing, and it got a lot of buzz. Uh-huh. And obviously, like when it came out, it was mostly positively um, received. Um, and so there was enough like attention towards it for it to like be a lasting property. Right. And it got enough like buzz that Hideki Kamiya and the producer, whom I forget the name of, they were like, let's start a Kickstarter mm-hmm. and see how much attention we really can get. And so they started a Kickstarter for the Wonderful 101 Remastered. With the rights being owned by Nintendo, they started the Kickstarter with the aim of putting it on other consoles by getting enough funds to like divest from Nintendo and kind yeah. of be able to like self publish it from uh-huh. Platinum by themselves. And they did. They started a Kickstarter and got enough funding for 
a PS4, a, Swi- a Switch version, and a PC version. Mm-hmm. They got enough funding for extra modes and features for a few reorchestrated tracks from the soundtrack for the game. Uh-huh. And so truly, yeah, it, it turned out to be a bigger success than I guess they anticipated. And now, I mean, since the Switch release, there's like this ever-growing catalog of like, the best Wii U games getting ported to the Switch. Yes. Just like for like archiving slash all truly. I mean, like for, for just like preservation sake, Uh I feel like they're still like for a while, for a long time, the wonderful one one was like one of the only reasons to own a Wii U. And now it is like there, there is basically no reason to own a Wii U Mm -hmm. anymore because we have Xenoblade X. That's true. I mean, there's Bring a few stragglers. On. Star Fox Zero uh-huh. wasn't great, maybe, but like a Star Fox game, it's still there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we now have it on Switch. It's a lovely home for it. Um, it's on PS4 and PC too, which, which is crazy. Yeah, and good. Yeah, and one and and wonderful. Yes, <laughs> as it were. But the the main thing, obviously, with a with a remastered version and with a Kickstarter with like different features and stuff, there's a few differences between the original Wii U and these new multi-platform versions but um before i get into like gameplay or story or anything the, i mean the main thing is like the wii u version was built for the wii u uh-huh. the wii u had the tablet controller with right. the screen on it and it is built for that so like right off the bat the wonderful 101 has like this weird it works they make it work as best as it can mm-hmm. but it has like this weird split screen feature oh. like there's a sub screen that is perpetually on screen that wow. you can like kind of like close out and bring up like kind of like a mini menu uh-huh. that is just always there yeah um but you can make go away like with the press of a button it's just like it's a little inorganic compared mm-hmm. to like having the separate screen on you but it is there an interesting artifact an interesting but necessary artifact left over from it being a wii u exclusive because in practice it was a very practical like effective use of the two screens like it right. was very innovative but um it That's a pretty of... key gameplay function, right? Oh, that abs- you use the pad for. I know we'll get in. I imagine you'll get into it. Right. It absolutely is. And like, I mean, with the necessity of bringing this otherwise like amazing game to modern platforms and modern audiences, I mean, like, it's just kind of a necessary sacrifice and necessary mm-hmm. adaptation to kind of like push through or get over, right. or kind of or adapt to. I don't know. It's just interesting. And all these Wii U games have had to in some form or fashion. Right, absolutely. But this game I is think... one that, you know, requires a little bit of a more obtuse solution, perhaps. For certain. But, yes, broadly, conceptually, this is essentially... I would I would call this just, like, the best Power Rangers game ever made. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. Uh-huh. It is about a group of 100. It's actually in... And this is, like... The only other confusing thing about it is that in game it is the wonderful one double O. Huh. There are one hundred of them, okay. and then like the initial like reveal trailer and all the PR stuff, it's like, oh, we forgot someone. You okay? It's like yeah. the one oh one. But yes, within the game, it is the wonderful one double O is like this fighting force of one hundred superheroes. In the plot, there's the main few. There's Wonder Red, Wonder Blue, Wonder Green. Wonder Pink, etc. But throughout the game, mm-hmm. you collect, you kind of like have to hunt for and collect and recruit 
all the other 100 the rest of the heroes truly and like through the story like you you acquire some like story specific characters and such but uh it's mostly like a side thing like they're they're kind of hidden throughout the levels that you like recruit the they do feel like optional parts of the game kind Uh, of oh yeah big time it's it's definitely Uh non-essential but i'll kind of get into that too but yes it's about this force of 100 armored superheroes japanese superheroes like the sentai kind of like yeah power rangers kind not necessarily like avengers sort of superhero right. american kind um obviously they're themed after colors <laughs> and the story there's a through line plot and the plot is like pretty good the dialogue is really funny and it's obviously like i don't know you played beautiful joe oh yeah it's in the same realm as that it's like kid friendly but it's also like has some mature moments kind of not dirty or raunchy but like there are some wrong there's some like <laughs> out of place raunchy jokes in it uh-huh. it's it feels like a saturday morning cartoon but like there are some moments there like they just like bleeped out the word bitch like blatantly <laughs> uh-huh. but yes this takes place during earth defense war three a lot of like the setting and stuff is introduced in like flavor text like files you pick up as well okay um but again there is like a central through line plot but the setting is earth defense war three in the in mm-hmm. the far future the geth jerk which is like this interdimensional alien race that has tried to invade and dominate earth twice now is back <laughs> and the wonderful one double o is on the case to put a stop to it mm-hmm. and finish off the geth jerk once and for all the main protagonist is wonder red it's cool because they all have each wonderful one to below all 100 even as you collect them they all have like their own identity you collect the different members throughout the game and there's like they just have outrageous themes there's wonder mm-hmm. mop wonder death <laughs> wonder yeti wonder clock mm-hmm. wonder wonder motorcycle wonder santa like who is intentionally little... absurd yes and... I... but i imagine they feel pretty relevant like within the yeah, I mean, because like, and for each for each one you recruit, they have their own individual profile. Uh-huh. Like, it's like real name, age, yeah. where they like, what part of the world they're stationed in, and like what their occupation is. And obviously, the motorcycle one is like motorcycle driver, and the mop one is right. janitor. But then the Wonder Santa is like literally Santa Claus, and Wonder Death is literally death. That's Wonder, so funny. Wonder like, Samurai is like this zombie samurai from well, like, and that feels so like just true and over the top like with what i know from beautiful joe like i mean Mm. i mean i guess like full disclosure i have not really played wonderful 101 i think i may have played like a demo or something like that Mm -hmm. at some point but beautiful joe is like the closest platinum game reference i think i have Mm -hmm. and it's it is a hilarious game and the scripting is over the top and meant to be comedic yet actually hold the story down at the same time and so like I don't know. Just these characters sound incredibly appropriate. Yeah, and 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 it's all of this so far is still just like setting. It's like set dressing. Like it's just uh-huh. context. Yeah. The central the central force is wonder red, wonder blue, green, pink, and you also collect white and black and yellow through mm-hmm. the story. But wonder red is his alter ego is a preschool teacher. Okay. And he's kind of like this strong leader. Every man who fights for justice and has like the strong sense of like heroism. And Uh he's like thrust into for this earth defense war three mission thrust into being the leader by commander Nelson, who is the the commander of the Sentinels, this, the, the force of like the, you know, 
what the Avengers group. I mean, there is like an army, but the Sentinels are like the superhero group. force. You know, sure. yeah. yeah. Commander Nelson being like the mm-hmm. commander of them. Mm-hmm. And so he Wonder Red is put as the leader of this mission. He is quickly joined by Wonder Blue, who's like, have you ever played Devil May Cry? Uh, hardly, no. You know Dante? Yeah. He's literally Dante. Okay, gotcha. Um, and, like, he's, like, a suave ladies' man. He's mm-hmm. always, like, yeah, dude, my Valiantium blade will cut that crud in half. Whatever. Yeah. Wonder Green is, like, this overweight French caricature. Um, Pink is from Transylvania, <laughs> and she likes fashion and shopping uh-huh. and has a crush on the rival character. Like, it's just over-the-top personalities, but yeah. they all, like, have, they're all, like, grounded characters mm-hmm. and wonder red gets like character development throughout it like you re- it's revealed like why he is suddenly the leader oh. and why he has the sense of justice uh-huh. um i mean it's not so in the first flashback in the first cutscene, you see that his dad is cut down in earth oh. defense war 2 um, cool Got so it. but like even that is expounded on through the story mm-hmm. wonder blue is like does not like that Wonder Red is the leader and like is insubordinate Wants for a to while. Be the leader himself. Yeah, kinda. And then like that, like there, there's plenty of crazy, over the top, hilarious nonsense at hand. But there's like through the plot, there is like some actual like really good character work and some huh. really good thematic devices that are used. Yeah. There's a rival character that I mentioned, Prince mm-hmm. Vorkin, and One ev- of the Geth jerks. Yes, he's mm-hmm. a space pirate recruited by the Geth Jerk. He introduces himself first as the leader of the space band pirate Gyzok, known as the fabulous Prince Vorkin. Yeah. And Wonder Red being like this respectful hero guy. Every time Prince Vorkin is introduced, he's like, well, if it isn't the... Oh, he <laughs> you know, like recites his title? The, every time, for every character. That's it's just, cool. it's great. Uh-huh. And then Prince, uh, yeah, the story's great. Can I... Yes. Just tag something on that's relevant to you, but mm-hmm. irrelevant to Nintendo's. You got me onto My Hero Academia, an anime, and one of my favorite parts of the anime that I did not expect to like, I don't like big cast animes or mm. shows in general, but the classroom dynamic is freaking hilarious. Each character matters to each other character, and it shows in their conversations, and it's super funny, and... I don't know. I'm getting just similar vibes from like the dynamics of the characters between definitely uh, the wonderful 101. Just like they play off of each other, they complement each other. They and it feels like perhaps a true team. Like, yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Yeah, all the characters chime in every once in a while. Uh-huh. Obviously, the main cast grows like a like a little big with red, blue, green, pink, white, black, yellow. Uh-huh. It's mostly about red and blue, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all like chime in with their own little lines, and they all have like uh, pastiche personalities, like. Green is always ripping on Blue for being a failed ladies' man, and then <laughs> Blue every single time is like, "Stick a baguette in it, Bordeaux." Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yes. Every all characters are are relevant, and they all have their time to shine. Yes. Um, and the way that the story progresses, like you start with just Red, Blue joins quickly, then Green within the first chapter, mm-hmm. then in chapter two, Pink, and then in chapter three, Yellow, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Kind of like you build up this team and like when we get to the gameplay of this like assortment of abilities. Yeah. But when each one is introduced, they get like their whole intro sequence. They get their own like transformation sequence, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like what makes them cool. It's, it's all wonderful. There's so, so much like context and set dressing to make the whole thing feel like this grand superhero mm-hmm. epic, make it feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Semi spoiler, but 
at the end of every chapter before the big chapter boss fight, they always do like a super mode transformation. <laughs> like kind of like, I mean, if you played Beautiful Joe, uh -huh. like when Joe gets in a boss fight, like his mask closes up and the visor goes down. Yeah. Same thing. Uh -huh. Like they engage unlimited form and they hit their pendant and their mask goes down and they like get unlimited energy. Yeah. It's just good. It's all so good Sounds and so good. exciting and hype. Like, it's just like a hype game. Uh -huh. And there's just so much thematic, so many good, like, game design thematic choices that just, mm -hmm. like, Hideki Kamiya knows what he's doing. And it's clear that this is, like, a passion project. But has he made it? What has he made since? You know, you know what I mean? Any idea what he's worked on, like, between? Astral Chain. Oh, sure. Duh. Um, Sorry. <laughs> well... I'm I'm pretty sure, like I, I'm pretty sure he's just like generally one of the big wigs at Platinum. I'm pretty sure as like director though, it's it like just from just detecting his general artistic mm -hmm. direction, like Beautiful Joe and Okami are the big ones. Yeah, but judging by like, you can tell when he's allowed to let loose. Oh, big time, <laughs> big time. You can tell what he loves. Uh huh. Uh, like Wonderful One Hundred One was a huge passion project for yeah. him. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> gushing about the the story and the themes but the gameplay fortunately is brilliant as well hey oh who to thunk it's good it's so good i don't know like as a at a baseline like i mean listen to our astral chain episode mm -hmm. i guess kind of it's a lot of similar thing you have like a base set of abilities but you also acquire additional i don't know it, it imagine like god of war like you start mm -hmm. with your like whip chains, yeah. But you get new weapons, which allow new combos through mm -hmm. the course of the game. And each wonderful member has their own weapon, okay. Like their own unite form. Sure. I guess that's also like all one hundred wonder, you know, wonder members have their own form, or like all the colored characters. All the colored characters. That's that's pretty much the way it works. Is like <clears throat> red has a fist, blue uh -huh. has a sword. Green has a gun, pink has a whip, mm -hmm. white has claws, um, yellow has a hammer, and black has a bomb. Okay. And each each of the one other one hundred that you collect like fall under one of those mm -hmm. um, one one of those types. Another thing that I didn't necessarily mention is that like so each of these members has like their signature weapon, mm -hmm. but the way these weapons work is that all of the members of your team form together to form the weapon right the weapon is made out of the members of the team <laughs> you know yeah i know you know what i mean i do but it's hard to visualize it's right. like I, I would call this game a it's a marriage of like bayonetta or like devil may cry and like pikmin yeah because i was gonna say you may at this point you may need to give a picture of like what the average screen looks like you sure. know what i mean the the zoom the focus level the zoom right i don't know it, the whole game looks like a playset. Like mm -hmm. it looks like you're playing with toys on like a big city playset. Like yeah. it, it looks like a real time strategy. Like the the camera is very zoomed out and your characters are very tiny, but you're controlling this like squad of up to a hundred characters at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's the Pikmin. That's the Pikmin, right? And the enemies are also very large compared. Like you're fighting giant robots and giant aliens, mm -hmm. and so as such, when you form these weapons. These fists, these swords, these hammers, these guns—they mm -hmm. are you form them out of all of the members of your squad. Yeah, come like just like stick together to form this weapon. <laughs> it's like if, if Pikmin, if all the Pikmin in your squad, 
instead of just like throwing them on to the thing, they just like came together and became yeah. a giant fist. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think at this point, like people are getting it. <laughs> sure. And so generally, yeah, typical platinum combat. It's it's a beat em up. It's a hack and slash. You perform combos. You unlock a lot of different abilities and attacks in like a shop and upgrades and such. Mm-hmm. And then you have like this different set of weapons, like the fist, the sword and the hammer. And they all have different functions. They all have different advantages against different enemies. Mm-hmm. All It's beautifully balanced and designed. All the enemies have different sort of attacks. And most, almost every single enemy attack can be countered with one of the weapons. Okay. A lot of enemies shoot lasers. You can deflect lasers with the sword. Uh-huh. An enemy might shoot fire breath. You can absorb fire with the fist. A lot of enemies might drop spike bombs. You can pick up the spike bombs and shoot them with the gun. You know, nice. It's, yep, yep, yep. There's also a counter and a dodge. A lot of enemies, like, they'll just smack you and you want to use Wonder Guts, which is your counter, or Wonder Spring, which is your dodge. Okay. But, yes, so the the way, I would say one of the main key gameplay gimmicks of the game is the Wonder Liner. Mm-hmm. You don't just switch to these right. weapons on the fly from a menu. You draw them. You use the right yeah. stick, or if you're playing in the olden days on the Wii U, you can even use the stylus on the screen mm-hmm. to draw these weapons with your 100 members on the screen to form the weapon. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you want to make a fist, you draw a circle. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a sword, you draw a line. Mm-hmm. If you want to make a gun, you draw like a right angle. Yeah. What other games am I picturing in my head? Like vaguely, like Minecraft crafting, which is like way like that's that's pretty far off. I but mean, like I mean, it's not unlike Pikmin. Like yeah. you use the you know you use the C stick to direct to, your Pikmin into different lines. Sure. And even Okami too. Like you draw the different formations. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, in Okami, especially like with the Wii version, you can use the Wii remote. Which oh, you know what? I, I'm actually thinking the world ends with you. I think. Ooh. Um, which forget i said that catch us next episode or something mm-hmm. in a couple episodes sure. we'll, we will be on the world ends with you don't worry mm-hmm. but you know just well, kind of you covered it on the show before yeah i know but we, we got a sequel mm-hmm. but yeah i i get what you're saying mm-hmm. and that 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 bleeds into that little tiny mini screen that you were talking exactly. about right right and yeah and and on the wii u you would use that screen to draw them mm-hmm. with the stylus i always even on the wii u version you use the right stick to draw them as well. Oh. So you can just like... On the Wii U, you said? Yeah. And that's mostly what I would do too. That's generally... You wouldn't the... use the stylus? No, it's there are certain shapes that are more... For example, for Pink's whip, you draw a squiggly line. Uh-huh. But for the claws, for White's claws, you draw like a straight zigzag. Okay. And so, for example, like that, it mm-hmm. might help a little more to use the more precise stylus. Yeah. But generally, when you're like in the throes of like intense combat, you mm-hmm. kind of just like want to throw the right stick out and like sure. just kind of draw it quickly. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, all that really manifests in is like you rotate the right stick to make a fist mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. draw a circle. You just kind of push it in a direction to make the sword sure. a straight line. Um, it more so tracks the movements of your right stick than it does like detect the drawing that you are making. Okay. That is also where the team component comes in, like the size of your party mm-hmm. is the bigger you make your circle, the more wonderful <laughs> ones you make your circle with, the bigger the fist. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you if you use 
end up using like 20 of your wonderful ones to make a fist, then you can, then it's a sizable. I mean, that's like the default. Okay. But if you yeah. use all 100, you make a big ass fist and you wall up your enemy and uh-huh. you can do a bunch of damage. That's cool. And that's, that's also where like the gameplay is so beautiful mm-hmm. because the counter requires wonderful ones uh-huh. and so does the dodge so if you have all of your wonderful ones in a fist you can't counter a dodge okay there's also this team attack function you can send all of your wonderful ones to attack an enemy and to like latch on some enemies are bigger than others each enemy has a different threshold but if a certain amount of wonderful ones are attached to them they become stunned okay and then you can like lock onto them and like oh, start to juggle them sounds so good it's amazing but and so it, pikmin is an apt comparison it's like the only accurate comparison i feel like with I this know, kind of gameplay sucks that that's the only comparison yeah and i and i'll say that like because i don't want to reduce it to like just people thinking like pikmin and wonderful 101 like they're the same or two sides of the same coin because they're I mean, hell, if somebody wants to make more games like this, by all means, <laughs> like, I mean, that's why that's why they wanted this game remade. There's nothing like it. Uh-huh, you know, right. It's super. It's so unique and mm-hmm. so elegant in the way that it's designed. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, that's kind of like so you have you do have like a leader character. You have whichever whichever form you've taken last, whether it's fist or gun or sword. Mm-hmm. Like that's the wonderful one. That's like the leader for the moment. Right. OK. But your entire party is following you. Sure. And those, they can get damaged. They can't die, but they can get knocked out. Okay. If like you're, if you're circling an enemy and your party is trailing you, and some of your party gets hit by an attack, they will be like knocked out for like five seconds or so. They'll yeah, just yeah, be like yeah. stunned, and then I mean you can't use them for that. Mm-hmm. And same thing if you have like all of your wonderful ones like in a big one hundred size fist, and then you get hit that's they're all stunned sure and yeah. you're you're kind of out of commission for like a second and uh-huh. you have to you can regain them by running over them and by like yeah they like when they get hit they become stunned on the field and you can they will either come back to you within like five seconds or so or you can run over to them and like pick them up and like rebuild your party mm-hmm. it's such it's like it's so unique that it's hard to explain well, and you have truly made it sound fun. It's so And fun. I'm not trying to move past gameplay or anything, but mm. where is Wonderful 102? Like, like why is it a, a remaster sequel? instead of a sequel? You know, I mean, with the success of this remaster, who's to say? Maybe. Mm. I mean, that's the thing is like the original being on the Wii U, it was not. It was cursed from the start. I mean, truly. Yeah. Like <laughs> it wasn't. It's hard to call it a success. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, you could say it's a, it, it was a success because it garnered enough popularity now to have like a successfully funded, mm-hmm. like proper version of it. Yeah. Um, and now it's popular enough, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, Camilla is directly stated inter- interest in a in a sequel. So okay, who's to say? And they have the rights. I'm pretty sure it's not Nintendo's wow. anymore, so they could do whatever they want with it. Interesting. Something extremely key leading to the next thing, the music is amazing yeah it's all like avengers ass like orchestral hero music okay but it's like good and like iconic not just like kind of generic horns and stuff just for the sake of horns and i mean it is it is like horns and strings and stuff but it's like it's but i mean you can still make it like catchy and or like i think you use the word iconic yeah iconic and recognizable Uh and like the thing is it's this it's the saturday morning effect the Saturday morning cartoon effect of like 
you know in my hero when something cool is about to go down because you hear that yes. song uh-huh. you know and like same for like you haka show and stuff yeah uh if if you speak anime audience um, <laughs> right. in shows or movies or things like where there are like recurring situations there can be musical themes that happen that like yeah tell you that something is about to happen hints of course yes. <laughs> and that my dear friends is called tables turn there's a track in the wonderful 101 soundtrack called tables turn and uh-huh. it's every so there's eight or nine chapters in the game uh-huh. they're divided into three segments okay there's two like an act one and an act two that are like levels and then uh-huh. the third act is the boss cool and the whole third act is the boss the bosses are insane like entire act affairs yeah like multi-phase multi-mechanic like they'll introduce a whole new mechanic for each boss like you'll... is it, it like is it frustrating in that the boss is a whole act or like where if you like die and you have to start all over, you know what I mean? I'm I'm picturing some like frustrating like no, not it's at like all. it's they do it right and it's like as I mean like as in like the whole third act is like a set piece. It's yeah. a it's okay. an experience. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like it's not like the whole third act is like a like a bullet sponge boss that you have to like endurance test. Yeah, through. okay, good. It's like this boss is like the first segment is like fighting up to it Uh and then it's like the grand reveal of like you're never gonna defeat me and then it turns giant and it starts flying away and then you get into like your ship and then you have to control the ship and pursue it and then you like weaken it and then it starts to like fall (laughs) through the city and then you get out of the ship and jump off of the ship and like fall and like land your characters like onto the falling enemy and it like tries to like punch at you onto its own body <laughs> while it's falling through the city like and that's the and i'm describing the first boss yeah i'm yeah, describing yeah, yeah. the first boss uh-huh. i kind of want to like i kind of want to like go segment through segment like w- my favorite encounter in the game but i'm do it i will but i'm getting beside the point oh. tables turn the musical cue <sighs> is in the third act at the end of the third act when you're when you have that advantage point on the boss when you are on the boss falling through the city and you're like finally getting to it Uh pummeling on it that's when tables turn plays (laughs) and so much so and i'm side i mean side note sort of tangent note this remaster the kickstarter a few one of the stretch goals was that they would re-orchestrate and re-record a few of the tracks yeah and the only the tracks that they did are the main theme which to like to add on the game has like a vocal like theme song okay the wonderful 101 like kind of thing um and so the only ones that they reorchestrated are the wonderful 101 the Mm -hmm. wonderful theme and my boy table's turn nice and so like it's just it's good it's so I'm thinking Zenogre theme here. We had a music lesson last time. They mixed it up a little bit. Is the new table's turn? I gotta say it comes down to personal preference. Okay. Okay. Because in a, a softer moment on the podcast. Because I I mean I I I mean I appreciate it. I uh-huh. appreciate it so much. Yes. You can't like that says so much that they would reorchestrate and re-record and rearrange a whole new table's turn. It's the same thing, but it's just like it's there's just like different layers to it. Sure. But it has this dynamic it has like this aesthetic of a live orchestral recording as opposed oh. to like 
the other music like it feel it just like feels a little less intense okay and a little more removed i can see that being as a live performance if that's really what they recorded and went with definitely you can you can hear the difference Uh like it it, rather than produced right exactly and like i mean all the music is like orchestral but you can tell when it's like midi stuff when Mm -hmm. it's like when it's like studio recorded or when it's like midi orchestral instruments versus like a live orchestra like a live symphonic recording yeah the tables turn reorchestration you can tell is like a live symphonic thing and it just feels different it is cool it's like a cool tribute it's like a really really cool tribute from the game but the the only problem is that it replaces the original in the game right you don't you can't hear the original right and i wish it was an option to change it back to the original Mm -hmm. again okay great arrangement wonderful it's terrific but i it it hits a little different yeah but tables turn and anybody that's played the game knows what the hell i'm talking about that's like when like shit is going down yeah man it's so sick no i want to know it's so well and and i'll i will i will indulge and i'll keep gushing and i'll get to that but um something i meant to say earlier too with like the one to below versus one wonderful 101 dynamic is that is something that they do too with the music to talk about the music uh-huh. which is i think this is why i originally brought it up is that there is a version of the theme song that's wonderful one double low and then there's one Ooh. at the end of it that is wonderful 101 okay. like once you beat the game yeah All right. it's awesome All like there's right. so many like even if the even if it's just like a saturday morning cartoon plot even if it's like whatever like there's mm-hmm. so much love and like attention to detail and that like is... thematic cohes- cohesion that is just like packed into this game mm-hmm. like gameplay and aesthetic wise that is just like there's so much love put into it to speak a little more anime talk like you'll often hear people that have played this game call it like the Gurren Lagan of video games if that means anything to anyone listening to this and unfortunately a little over my head so don't feel bad if you're in that group sure and all that to say is that like it, it is just like it's hype and it mm-hmm. on a scale of like where it just keeps being able to like one up itself up to the very end. Yeah. Like just keeps the momentum and the excitement building. The big caution sign that I have to throw out is that it's really hard. Oh. It's really hard. Really? It's really hard. Okay. That's on normal difficulty it's really hard. But that feels good to hear too. Kind of. I mean, especially especially coming off of a conversation about Monster Hunter Stories 2, where I said I died two or three times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something good about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's accessible and, like, I didn't waste time or feel frustrated or anything. But by the same token, like, there's such a reward to overcoming a difficult level or a difficult even game system entirely. Sure. You know what I mean? And it's and it's a game system. Like everything I've described, like drawing the different weapons. Yeah. In time to yeah. oh, both like, attack an enemy and then block or counter what they have coming. Like, exactly. That sounds like a And like there's and I remember I remember talking about this with astral chain like there are so many different weapons and they do so many different things and have so many different functions that it gets really overwhelming Mm -hmm. they all have like their own like different combos and stuff too yeah it can be really overwhelming 
And the game doesn't do a great job at explaining a lot of the things that it does. Interesting. Like that flame absorbing thing and the laser reflecting thing, like is maybe mentioned once, if not at all. Yeah. And it's kind of something like it's this, this will sound elitist, but this is kind of like just the way that you play platinum games generally Mm -hmm. is the first playthrough is for experimenting and experiencing. Uh It's for viewing the story and for like getting a feel for all of the mechanics. Mm -hmm. And then your second playthrough of the whole game is like, all right, time to play the game. Yeah. We know what's coming. We're, we know like what's going It's combo time, baby. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, truly. Yeah. Like, I mean, because the game throws so many new concepts at you, like pretty, pretty swiftly, Uh like with each level and with each, you can finally get a groove going like, yeah. And I mentioned those vehicle sections, like even outside of like the boss Mm. chapters, like there are a lot of like random like vehicle sections that are like, there's like a Star Fox tribute. There's like, uh, like kind of like a dig dug tribute. Wow. There's just like a lot of like random new mechanics thrown at you, like pretty, pretty, Uh and it can be kind of jarring. Yeah. It can feel kind of unfair a lot Mm. of the time, like with, with how much it like how little it might explain and how much it might expect you to adapt on the fly. Yeah. That it might not feel super organic or super fun. Uh-huh. But it is like mostly intentional. Okay. And if if the if there are any first time players that are somehow inspired to play this by my incoherent rambling about it, um, stick with it and just have faith that like it is Almost everything I would say about the game is put in like on purpose and like mm-hmm. with an intention. If it doesn't feel good, like get through it and maybe you'll see some value. Yeah. Like, yeah, that hard boss, like there's something to it that is like on purpose that you might be overlooking. Yeah. Or that it like that one unavoidable attack is like avoidable somehow or reflectable uh-huh. even. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. Like and like that one vehicle section that's like thrown at you out of nowhere like sure yeah but like go through it once more and you'll know what's coming yeah for yeah. the most part and it'll feel better it's just i mean it's just it's don't like feel ashamed of defeat yeah because like in monster hunter i was ashamed of defeat I exactly was like, crap like what the heck i should have won like this game is easy right but like this it sounds like that's a learning there's a learning curve to lots of different portions of the wonderful 101 exactly and like and and i think the major thing is like it just doesn't seem like that's the case uh-huh. it seems like a kitty game yeah you know? yeah yeah and it certainly is like one of the new thing one of the new features of the, of the remastered version is that there is a on the it is available on the normal difficulty but it is the default on the very easy difficulty is like an auto combo oh wow function that like basically does it for you mm-hmm. i mean if you really want to like experience the story that much on its own like there you go. Yeah. And I mean, to that extension, I'll sing the game's praises more. Like the difficulties aren't just like more damage, more health. It's like, really? They change like harder enemies first. The enemies are more aggressive. Uh-huh. Um, something I didn't mention about the Wonder Liner when you are drawing your weapons is uh-huh. time slows down. Okay. Time good. slows down sure. so you can draw your thing. Um, Seems appropriate. For sure, in an instant. But on very hard, it does not. It is. Ah, that's so cool it's awesome it's so good have you ever done that i, I can't do it yet uh-huh. i i'm i want to re i have not finished my my remastered playthrough uh-huh. but i want to play it again after i'm done and like kind of like like go for the best rank which yeah as i alluded to is called platinum okay pure ah. platinum and there's like 
and I and like in the story, there are like platinum. There's mother platinum is uh-huh. like the giant supercomputer. Like, oh, okay, it's not subtle about the platinum yeah. stuff. Who made who is no more heroes? That is Suda Fifty One. Oh, okay. That is a a visionary of a different yeah. kind. <laughs> Ooh man, but no more heroes three. It's yeah, it's around right the corner. I'm gonna threat, freak it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna love that thing. I'm going to random deep into it. the night. Yes. Okay. Just to, so to just to illustrate the hypeness mm-hmm. at at work here. Yeah. This is my personal favorite encounter in the game. It continues to one up itself. This is like chapter four or five. There is like nine. And of course, the ending is just like the best thing ever. But in the third act of this chapter, you are in a volcano. Uh-huh. This whole this has been a fire level. It's a volcano level through yeah. the first two acts. And you get to where you are going. It's like the statue that you're trying to like find. It's a it's a super reactor. OK, you're trying to defend the four super reactors of Earth or whatever. Yeah. And you make it to this one. Uh huh. It starts with a giant enemy robot taking hold of it and grabbing it and plucking it from the rock and flowing down like this lava river with it. Okay. And you are on the statue and you fight this giant robot while you are both flowing down the river. Uh-huh. And this is this is this is kind of a retread of a previous fight. Okay. The, like one of the one of the earlier chapter ones, you fight the same kind of like huge giant robot. It's uh-huh. like a big threat uh-huh and this time you're it's a little easier because you know all, it's, all of its maneuvers already and this is just like priming you for what's coming so you fight this giant robot as like your wonderful 100 team defending the statue it's attacking the statue and you and you're okay protecting the statue deflecting its attacks mm-hmm. reflecting its lasers absorbing its flames mm-hmm. and you defeat it and then you disable it and you climb up its arm into the giant robot, into the cockpit. Okay. And you clear out the inside of the robot of all like the Gethrick minions and like at the pilot. And so you take control of the robot in like this vehicle section. And you are inside this robot, you are controlling it, walking through the volcano, like you're escaping the volcano and you're yeah. marching through the lava. And it's <laughs> teaching you the controls. You like use the stick to move you press the shoulder buttons to evade you can punch with each of your with each of the shoulder buttons too and uh-huh. you have like this like finisher uppercut and okay. you're marching through the lava like fighting off like other enemies like sure other giant enemies like and you're just like kind of pounding them things that have given you trouble before but uh, you're in a giant oh, robot now. that's cool fun but this is priming you for like when you get through this lava river and you see an even gianter robot and <laughs> and who is piloting it uh, none other than the brother of an enemy that you defeated before Ooh. and he knuckles up in his own giant robot and then that whole lava river marching part where mm-hmm. you were piloting this robot was priming you for a punch out tribute oh my gosh where you seriously yeah you it's a it's like a, a fully fledged punch out like mini game like uh-huh. punch out Mm-hmm. And like completely with like it's it's not even subtle like it's a there's it has a health bar uh-huh. but you like clear a health bar and it gets like knocked out yeah. and like your little robot buddy does like a like a countdown for oh it. Oh my god! It's amazing. Oh and and I might add, you knock out the robot and then you board into that robot on oh its arm gosh. and you fight the brother of that other enemy uh-huh. that you fought before who's basically like he's like a twin like he's like you're fighting yeah, him again basically but like but you're better now oh, yeah, because you yeah, know all the yeah, attacks of course you're better and so you fight him off you kill the brother and then you get out 
get the heck out of Dodge. You in your original giant robot, you grab onto like your the commander's ship, like the uh-huh. the team ship with the statue in tow, and you fly out of the volcano, but uh-oh, the other giant robot's still in pursuit, oh and then God. tables turn plays. And uh, then in like a, in like a, in like a space harrier kind of like star foxy section, as you're flying out of the oh volcano, as it's erupting, lava wall behind you, enemy giant robot mm-hmm. flying after you, throwing punches and throwing rocks and stuff. You fly, you are flying out of the, the volcano, towards the camera avoiding stuff table's yeah. turn is playing and then that is the end of it you fly out of the map the volcano it erupts and the enemy robot yeah. gets caught up in the eruption mm-hmm. and then the wonderful 101 theme wonder <clears throat> the wonderful 100 theme plays and that is the end of the encounter and that's just one of the bosses that's, that's like that's mid game yeah 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 you can keep all that in if you want I'm truly just rambling and I mean, I'll gushing. snip it. Like, sure. the, the point will get across 100%. Mm-hmm. We need that in there. Okay. But uh, it's like, this is, it's just, this is just an exciting game. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, it is a lovable game. Uh-huh. It, it can be frustrating to play if you're expecting, if you're expecting casual experience, but that's what these year difficulties are for. That sure is interesting. What was the design choice behind making normal? a difficult experience you know what i mean like i mean i would say if if you've played any of platinum's games before you kind of know what to expect okay Mm -hmm. i mean that's like it sure it's not like any other game in a lot of ways but it does it's still just like a Mm beat-em-up it's a hack and slash you know there's counters and dodges and right there's there's all that at play i don't know man i appreciate you letting me <laughs> um, go off well, about this sure. game. but what i like i just it kills me like what's next for the wonderful 101 like you i i don't need i haven't played the game so i don't need a 102 yet you i know do. what i mean and but yeah I mean, if they can if they can like manage to one up on it wonderful 101 up on it in a way <laughs> that is like cohesive and not cheap and yeah. like makes sense do you but think also- they, it's out there like is or is this a peak game for what it is? You know what I mean? And leave it alone. I think it's an absolute gem. I think it can be left alone. <laughs> I wish it got more recognition than it has. Mm-hmm. But all I know is that I have read that like Kamiya has expressed interest in a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure he has ideas. If it like if it were possible to pan out, like if like the budget and resources were there, because I'm pretty sure that's the only reason this came to be is because like Nintendo gave him the resources to like and they published it themselves on the wii u you know right it was a nintendo first party game for the most part Mm -hmm. and then now it's become it's like its own thing i mean if it can get a sequel by all means i welcome it i think it's possible i don't know man it's it's something special man i gotta play this game i wish i didn't have a backlog 10 million years long yeah me too i'm (laughs) sad to i want to replay it but i gotta play scouts yeah, Skyward Sword came out. Or something yes. else. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I love this game. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. I, I want to recommend it. I recommend anybody try it. And I feel like it's got to be like, now that it's even on like Steam, mm-hmm. like it's got to be part of like some big Steam sale at some point. Like give it a shot. I'm... Give it a try. Especially if you like Bayonetta or like yeah. anything like that. I'm pretty confident. Like even it, when it first came out, it was only like $40, something like that. I might be wrong. 
But like, but like you said, even digitally, like I bet you could find it cheaper. I bet at GameStop it's pretty cheap at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think the remastered version was like released at like kind of a budget price. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, which is credit to Platinum for doing that because yeah, Nintendo, absolutely. if it was Nintendo doing it, it would have been sixty dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Even if I mean, if you're not a Nintendo gamer, like PS4, PC, like give this thing a shot. Yeah. It is a one of a kind game. It's not the kind of game that comes around a lot mm-hmm. at all. It like I don't know. It's been seven or eight years, and we still haven't seen anything like it. Uh huh. Yeah, I was gonna say if you like, it'll feel familiar. But if you want to try something new, mm-hmm. you know, just a a different kind of game. Yeah. That with with familiar concepts, of course. But and if you're a hack and slash or beat 'em up fan, and you think like you got it mastered give this a shot and you will find it <laughs> yeah and hit us up i want to yeah. know if connor just sucks or <laughs> if uh really normal you know can can lead to some butt kicking i feel like i've said everything that i want to say and i want to say a lot and i could keep saying i think you got around it pretty good and i don't you know i don't know if we'll talk about it again but if i ever get to play in it like maybe we'll bring it back up and yeah who knows maybe in a year's time you're gonna be like i love wonderful one-on-one so much we're going to talk I about it again. Undoubtedly will be. <laughs> I'm, I'm already looking forward to our year in review just so I can talk about it some more. Yay, boy. Oh, boy. All right. You want to get us out of here? Sure. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our show and tuning in and listening to my rambling and to... Mine, Braden, too. Braden's, too. Um, his, like, cohesive explanation of this robust game and then my, like, fanboying over this other thing (laughs) be sure to like us on facebook follow us on instagram and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms spotify and the like plus youtube even even youtube even if you so desire and just to point it out don't know if we'll keep doing it but we have been broadcasting live on instagram throughout this recording so just a little extra nudge to follow us on instagram yeah you might get some bonus footage if you if you so desire yeah that's all we got for you this time my name is connor And I am Brayden. And this has been the Nintendo Gems Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it.